And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. After a World Cup qualifying window where the U.S. men's national team got six out of nine points, players are now back with their European clubs. Several are involved in Champions League action today, and plenty is at stake for themselves and their teams. The Athletic Sam Stay School is here to tell us about what to look for from the players in action, and also take a look at an evening of important games in MLS. I'm Alex Avnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Wednesday, October 20th. Okay, so there are a lot of Champions League games today, but uh, there are really only two on the slate that don't have any U.S. national team interest. So I'd kind of like to go rapid fire through these games and get some thoughts on each, you know, American's uh, involvement. I have here with me Sam Saiskel, U.S. soccer writer for The Athletic. Uh, Sam, welcome to the show. Uh, I just want to go. Yeah, no problem. I, I just want to go really quick through these games, sort of get your thoughts on each player's status with the U.S. national team, especially after the last window, and what they're hoping to prove with their clubs before the big USA Mexico game in November. Um, so we'll go sort of chronologically through these in the twelve forty-five p.m. Eastern time window. You have, first of all, the one that involves two Americans. Uh, Salzburg versus Wolfsburg, Brendan Aronson for Red Bull Salzburg, John Brooks for Wolfsburg. What are you seeing in that game? Yeah, so Aronson, he got a rest in Salzburg's league game over the weekend, uh, but he's played, I mean, he's been an important player for them all season. He's obviously been a very important player for the U.S., particularly in the last window when Gio Reyna and Christian Pulisic were out. Who knows what those two what their availability is going to look like for November. Yeah. Um, even, even if they're both back and fully healthy, which doesn't really feel like is going to be the case. Um, but even if they are, Aronson will almost certainly be a part of that team uh, as long as he's healthy. Uh, and I expect him to play a big role for Salzburg in this match as well. John Brooks is, is a more curious case. He yeah. entered qualifying as the top center back in the pool, most experienced, best pedigree, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he was bad against Canada and in Honduras where he got yanked at halftime um, and wasn't on the field for that second half turnaround, comeback, renaissance, whatever you want to call it. I like renaissance um, a lot. Yeah, I like renaissance too. Uh, <laughs> but so he wasn't on the field and then he, he got called to the roster for October and he had to withdraw because of a back injury, but he didn't miss any time for Wolfsburg. Uh, he played the full 90 in their match over the weekend. Um, so kind of a bizarre one here. Very, very interested to see not only how he performs, but what it means for him going forward in terms of his role with the national team. Wolfsburg haven't been very good. They haven't won in their last six matches. Their last win was on September 11th. So they, they need this one. Um, they're in third place in the group with two points, Salzburg in first with four through the opening two matches and Salzburg at home in this game too. Okay, great. Um, moving on, uh, Barcelona 
and Dynamo Kiev, obviously Serginho Dest on the will be on the field presumably for Barcelona. Um, Presum- not for but, Kiev. We can not, we can not, guarantee not for that. Kiev, yeah. <laughs> That would be that would be very interesting indeed, but that's not what's happening here. <laughs> Although uh, with Serginho, you never really can <laughs> you never tell. know what he's going to do. <laughs> um, so what are we looking looking for in this game? Yeah, I mean Barca need this really bad. You know, obviously the first two Champions League games went awful for them: two three zero losses, one at home to Bayern, one away to Benfica. Dest was on the field in in the Benfica game. Um, things were looking bleak for the club for Ronald Koeman. They've had a little bit of a turnaround here. Uh, they won three to one at Valencia over the weekend or against Valencia over the weekend. And Dest actually played on the wing. And Alex, you and I were talking about this the other day, but you know, we, we watched Serginho Dest play. And every time you watch him play, you're like, this guy just wants to be a winger. Just let him be a winger, you know? And, and I don't know if that makes sense for how Burhalter wants to play with the U S national team. I actually think he can almost be more involved in an attacking role as a right back than he can as a winger paradoxically. Um, but curious to see if, if Kuman gives him another chance in that spot uh, in this Champions League game, if he moves him back to the back line, or who knows, maybe maybe he doesn't even start. You never really can tell with what's going on at Barcelona, but they absolutely need to win this one. Okay, cool. And moving on, we're into the 3 p.m. window where we have four games, the first of which is Chelsea versus Malmo. Uh, obviously, Christian Pulisic, you know, in theory involved in this one, but probably not. Seems like he's still getting over his ankle injury. Um, yeah, I think we can. You're hearing on that. I think we can remove it in theory. Thomas Tuchel said at a press conference on, I believe, Tuesday, that Pulisic will will not be playing. He is missing. Um, he said that he had some setbacks from the ankle injury that he, of course, suffered with the U.S. in Honduras in September. Um, Tuchel basically said it's not a major injury or complications. It is simply the pain in the ankle that disturbs him. Um, so we'll see. You know, we were anticipating that Pulisic would be back in team training at this point. He is not back there yet. Um, he hasn't played for Chelsea since August 14th. Um, he's only played four matches in total this season between club and country. Uh, so I imagine he is super frustrated. Um, and I'm curious to see what his physical, I guess, fitness looks like ahead of that November match. I would anticipate that he'll be healthy enough to play, but maybe not fully match fit for Mexico and Jamaica. Right. Uh, next up, Lille Sevilla. Tim Weah involved for the defending French champions, which yeah. is still weird to say that the, Lille are the defending French champions. But yeah, uh, for a number of reasons, right? Because they're in yeah. 10th right now in, in right. France, <laughs> <laughs> or excuse me, 11th. Um, Tim Weah, you know, obviously he had, he kind of had an, a camp that mirrored the US, you know, overall. He came on, he looked good against Jamaica as a substitute, really good against this Jamaica as a substitute. Got the chance to start in Panama and, and fell on his face. He was not good. Um, Burhalter said that he was really, Weo was really disappointed in his own performance. Um, and he came out against Costa Rica, was not set to start. And then Paul Ariola got injured in warmups. He was inserted into the 11 and he had a good game. So, you know, kind of riding that emotional roller coaster, a little bit of a microcosm of the team. He started at in a central role for Lille over the weekend and they lost 1 0 to Claremont Foot, Club de Foot. Um, Sorry, that's a different team. Um, <laughs> but Lille, Lille needs a result. You know, this is approaching a must win for them at home against Sevilla. Lille's in last in the group. They drew Wolfsburg at home, 10-man Wolfsburg, after John Brooks got a red card in that match and lost to Salzburg in, in their second game in the Champions League. So if they're going to have any, any hope of getting out and finishing in those top two, uh, they pretty much need three points in this one. 
Weston McKinney traveling, I presume, with Juventus to Russia to take on Zen at St. Petersburg. Yeah. Uh, he's had an interesting month or so. Um, what is he? Uh, <laughs> six weeks what, now, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah six weeks. Uh, what What is he looking to do in this game and in, in the next few weeks? So he he was on the bench, but did not play for Juve in their win against Roma on Sunday. Which, considering his role with the team, where he sometimes starts, sometimes comes off the bench, and was coming off of a heavy travel, heavy minute international window for him, wasn't a surprise that he didn't feature in that game. Um, Juve's sort of had a weird year themselves. Uh, they started Serie A with, with a draw and two losses. They've won six of seven in all competitions since then. The other result was a draw against Milan in league play. Uh, McKenney came off the bench in their first two Champions League matches against uh, Malmo and Chelsea. I would expect something similar for him in this one, but we'll see. Um, maybe Allegri has a surprise in store for us. Uh, Juve is in a good position now in the group first in Group H with two wins from two games. Well, all the names that we've been talking about so far, uh, with the possible exception of Tim Weah, um, are guys that you expect to be in U.S. camp as, as long as they're healthy, pretty much. With, I think with, you could with, add. Without I think you could add. You can add Weah to, to that? Okay. Yeah. Then, then sure. But w- the last remaining name that we haven't talked about yet is maybe not on that list. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Uh, Young Boys takes on Villarreal and Jordan Pifak uh, being a striker for the U.S. national team that plays for young boys. He scored against Manchester United in the previous uh, Champions League match day, uh, but was not called in to the U.S. national team for this most recent window. So what are your thoughts there, Sam? Yeah, so Greg Berhalter, when he was asked about that after the roster came out before the window, was basically like he doesn't match the style that we're looking for in these particular games. All The buzzword was verticality. Alex, you got sick of me talking about it and writing it. Um, it's true. <laughs> but that was that was what Burhalter kept coming back to. Um, and PFOC's game isn't really that. He Burhalter wanted somebody that, that's able to stretch the back line and play in behind, um, combine a little bit with wingers who are trying to run in behind, um, all of those things. And PFOC is more of a traditional target type of striker in his eyes. Uh, so he didn't get the call. Uh, Ricardo Pepe and Giassi's artist did. I was a little surprised they only called two strikers. I thought they could have called three, and I think PFAC would have been the third um, had they called three. So it's not like he's on on the outs or anything like that. He's still very much in the mix. And if he scores at the club level and he scores in the Champions League, he's going to make himself a pretty good argument you know, uh, to be included in November. So we'll see. Uh, you mentioned the goal against Manu. Uh, he subbed on at halftime of that game, actually. He started in the subsequent loss to Atalanta in Champions League. He started again in league play on the weekend um, and was subbed off at halftime. Um, there's some context there. Young boys went down a man in the 39th. So that obviously played a role in that substitution. Um, that should leave him fresh, though, if if they decide they want to start him in this Champions <laughs> League game. And uh, it's a really important game for them. You know, they're kind of the underdogs here, but they're in a decent position. And if they want to have any hope of sneaking through into the knockouts, they, they need to take care of business at home against Villarreal, who is who is in last in the group at, as things currently stand. Okay, so that's uh, that's the Champions League. It's a big day for American soccer between all those games with uh, American involvement and also, by the way, uh, a full slate of MLS that night and MLS <laughs> is getting towards uh, the end of the season. It's playoff playoff picture time. Uh, Sam, you, of course, cover MLS in addition to yeah. all things American soccer. It doesn't look- feel like I've been covering a lot of MLS <laughs> recently, but I do, well, yes. You've been on the road. You've you've had a few a few other things going on um, with, with the U.S. national team, but... Uh, 
as you look at this uh, slate of games, we have a ton of teams in action. Uh, which games are standing out to you if you're just a neutral or somebody that's interested in the playoff race? What, what would you t- tune into? First. Yeah, so so the Eastern Conference is a hot mess in terms yeah. of standings right now. There are yeah. like eight teams within like two points of each other is what it feels like. That's not entirely accurate, but that's that's the vibe. I wouldn't um, doubt it. Yeah, and <laughs> the biggest one for me on uh, on tonight's slate is is very very much Atlanta versus NYCFC, New York City FC. They were kind of like the darlings of like the hipster set of media reporters, um, people like you and me, right. They, they weren't really running away results wise, but their underlying numbers, their XG, their XGA, all of that was really good. Like towards the top of the league, it still is very good. Um, they just weren't getting the breaks. Well, over the last couple of months, not only are they not getting the breaks, they're they're really not getting the results. They're one, five, and three in their last nine matches. And, and a team that was looking very comfortable all season in terms of their place in the standings is now in eighth place below the playoff line. So they need they need a result here. Uh, trouble for them is they're going to Atlanta, a notoriously difficult place to play, and a team that's nine and three in its last 12 matches. That's pretty um, good. Yeah. So they've they've recovered from their miserable start under under Gabi Hansa. And Gonzo Pineda has them all the way up to fifth. Um, so we'll see. Uh, this this could be, I mean, this is a real kind of statement turning point match for NYCFC, I think, uh, in terms of what they're going to get out of this season. Um, and, and so that's the main one for me. But I do have more if you're interested, Alex. Please hit me. All right. So the other one is a little bit more under the radar. It's Portland versus Vancouver. Portland is, is in a pretty comfortable spot. Uh, in the Western Conference. I believe they're on 46 points, if I'm doing the math correctly, and, and relatively relatively safe in terms of the playoff places. Vancouver is is not. They're not in the playoff places at all, but they are on a good run of form. Uh, they, of course, sacked Mark Dos Santos in August, um, despite the fact that they were on a good run of form in league play at that point as well. <laughs> um, Vanny Sartini uh, is taken over on an interim basis. He is 5-2-2. Two, and two in his nine matches in charge. Um, They are now all the way up to eighth in the West ahead of LAFC one point behind Minnesota for seventh, two behind LA and RSL who are in sixth and fifth respectively. A lot of this is, is come after the arrival of Ryan Gold, their new designated player as an attacking midfielder who has three goals and four assists and just eight starts for Vancouver in league play 13 appearances, but, but eight starts. So he's, he's been a, a real difference maker for them. Um, this would be a massive result. You know, it's a road game, so it's going to be tough. Uh, Portland is is good at home, um, but Portland's been a weird team this year. I feel like they've gotten a little bit lucky, you know, in the way that NYCFC has gotten unlucky. Um, and they're there for the taking. So we'll see. Maybe Vancouver can get a massive result and sneak up above the playoff line, depending on how the other, other results go in the West. Well, not only do those two selections uh, cover both uh, conferences, but they also cover... Uh, crucially, both time windows, so you can watch That's one right. right after the other. So I appreciate how you did that. I Sam. did that on purpose, Alex. Well, I I know you did. That's I'm here for you <laughs> and our listeners. <laughs> well, thank you for being here for me and for our listeners. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you later when there's uh, more to talk about on these sorts of things. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm always here to talk when there's more to talk about, and even when there's not. Okay, thanks to Sam for joining. All those Champions League games are on Paramount Plus or CBS Sports Network. All the MLS games are on ESPN Plus nationally. The rest of the world of soccer gets started early today with Leicester City visiting Spartak Moscow in the Europa League at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. 
And then you have all those Champions League games we covered. But in addition to those, we you also have Manchester United hosting Atalanta and Bayern Munich paying a visit to Benfica. And even aside from MLS in the evening, you also have games in Argentina and Brazil, plus a few Liga MX games to cap it all off. There's just so much to list here, too many to cover in this outro. Just trust me, you'll have a game to watch tonight. Thanks for listening to Soccer Every Day. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can get 50% off a year's subscription by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. See you tomorrow. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.